Welcome to the High Adventure Scouting Podcast. This is the source for all things high adventure for scouts, scouters, and anyone else interested in promoting high adventure trips for our youth. You can find all kinds of great high adventure options for your scouts at highadventurescouting.com. We are constantly updating the list of cool trips, and we want your input on your best trip. Welcome again to the High Adventure Scouting Podcast. Now this month, we're going to take a look at the Philmont Trek Talk group discussion that was had in March 2022. We're discussing shakedowns and crew prep and things of that nature for those going to Philmont and those looking to go down the road. Now we have several Philmont veterans on this, and I'll give you a quick overview of their uh, qualifications. But first we have Philip Ferrier. He's from Philmont, Associate Director of Camping. He's going to give his perspective from the Philmont side. We have Jeff Cress. He runs GearReport.com, and he is the skipper for Sea Scout Ship 4019. We also have Sal Porto, Assistant Scoutmaster for Troop 12 in Florida, and he's also a Philmont ambassador for his council. Daryl Tadston is from the Greater St. Louis Area Council in St. Louis, and he kind of is the director of the Council Philmont uh, Treks. Scott O'Mary is from the Dallas, Texas area, and he's with Troop 259B, and he's the Scoutmaster. And then there's myself, Rob Smith. I'm the High Adventure Chair for Troop 85 in O'Fallon. I'm also the Committee Chair for Crew 85 in O'Fallon, Illinois. Now, this is part two of Shakedowns and Crew Prep. From the March 2022 Philmont Trek Talk Group. Enjoy. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, and, and I want I want to tie this. We, we love answering the questions. And please, if you have specific questions, even if it doesn't relate to shakedowns or um, or crew prep, feel free to ask them. We may group them and come back to them later. But I'd like to kind of tie this meal planning back to the shakedown. So, how much do you guys do? Um, for people on a regular diet who are just going to eat whatever's issued, what do you do for shakedown food for people who, who need like a vegetarian diet or have allergy restrictions? How are you advising people in your crews? So when you're setting up your shakedowns, you know, are you just having them bring whatever they want? Or are you trying to get something together in, in preparation for the actual trek? So who, who's going first here? I got it. Okay. I'll do it. Okay. Oh, okay. So you'll go second. Okay. Um, <laughs> if we're doing an overnight camp out, uh, I try to replicate <clears throat> Philmont from breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's pretty easy to do. Um, and I'll know ahead of time who my food allergy people are. And we go over the process or if they don't like a certain thing, if they don't, if they're a vegetarian, then um, I don't eat meat, so I have to supplement all my junk. Um, so I work with that scout or adult and say, this is, you have two options of how you're going to replace your food at Philmont. You can do the meal replacements or just do swap boxes and trade off. Uh, so we did, we tried to do the same thing for a practice hike or a practice shakedown. Breakfast, lunch, and dinners, Philmont food. Um, if you're a vegetarian or something like that. Go ahead and bring your own because you're going to be having your own at Philmont and then go from there. So you, the question is, can you maintain this vegetarian diet with Philmont food? Not if you don't. Any, well, 
without replacement, it, it would be kind of hard because you're not going to get enough protein probably just using, if you're just using wow. swap box swaps, you're going to have to bring your own. A lot, a lot of peanut, peanut butter, butter out there. So. A lot of peanut butter. Yeah, but it, you get tired of seven, eight days of peanut butter. You kind of get yeah. tired of it. Me personally, I bring my own stuff and just I don't use I don't use the meal replacement bags. I'll just carry extra stuff myself or trade off. You can always trade a beef jerky for peanuts all day long. Well, and I so, think the people, the people who have allergy issues or food issues or vegetarian, I I suspect from my experience they already know you know what they can eat and what they can't and and what they typically end up having to substitute um on previous scout outings when when you know they prepare food as a patrol you know what do they do with that it, it's i mean the menus help you know once they're out they can figure out what they what they can and can't have and what they like or don't like and they probably already have a, a pretty good repertoire of replacement uh, meals or food already in line. Right. It And it doesn't help for this current shakedown season right now before 2022. But if you're working on 2023 and maybe Phil can speak to this, usually at the end of your season in Philmont, you have some leftover food that you can actually purchase. You, you want to tell everybody a little about that? Yeah. Um, so keep an eye on the Teeth of Time Traders website. Um Due to the uh, record-setting season that we had this past summer, uh, we didn't have a whole lot left over <laughs> and all the supply chain issues that we've been encountering. Um, so right now, uh, we don't have much. We're selling a tiny little bit, I believe, just here on the ranch uh, to folks who come to the store in person. We don't have enough to do online sales. But um, uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, if you're coming in 2023 or 20. Yeah, 2022, um, sorry, we probably don't have much. Uh, you can always look at our old menus um, to replicate a lot of the stuff. Um, a lot of what we put in our menus is pretty readily available from a grocery store or even um, the specialty food store or something like that. Uh, but certainly keep an eye out on the top website if we're going into 2023 for leftovers from the 2022 season. We'll usually do put those up for sale. And of course, we had a ton left over after 20, 2018 and 2020 due to the cancellations. <laughs> but uh, yeah, most of that has uh, has dried up or expired or sold at this point. <laughs> I just threw mine away last year. So from 18. <laughs> I can't add anything from what Sal said because that's exactly what what we do is based on Philmont's menu and you can. I got pretty much everything on Amazon and at uh, at Walmart, and yep. uh, packed it into bags just like Philmont does to two people per. Uh, so uh, worked out pretty well. I did that this weekend with a beginner backpacking uh, twelve and thirteen year olds, and it, it worked out great. They love the food. So. <laughs> yep. And by you know for not notwithstanding allergies and food issues and so forth. But about the third or fourth day, my experience is they'll almost eat anything. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think this question about how difficult it is for some of the peanut allergy, um, uh, yeah, you probably have more specific. I mean, my, my kind of, I don't have a peanut allergy, 
but my thought is it depends on how severe it is. I know people that if if I eat a peanut and then hike and then later in the day they move my trekking pole and touch the area that that got a little peanut oil on it, they'll have issues. They're going to have a problem because there are a lot of nuts in lots of things that that go through the food. They're going to have to be a lot more careful. If it's more mild than that, like they just can't eat them, it's probably going to be easier to manage. What do you, what do you say, Scott? Yeah, I have a, a mild peanut allergy, as you described, and um, no problem with me being around other people eating it. I just made sure that I teamed up with a, a scout that had a different issue food-wise than I did. He couldn't eat pork, for example, and I couldn't eat peanuts. So we would share the bag, and I, he'd get all the peanuts, and I'd get all the, the pork products out of it, and it, it worked out fine. I was a little concerned when I, before I hit the trails, I just packed a few extra cliff bars in my pack just, just in case the, the food didn't work out, but it was not an issue at all. Okay. We had an issue one year where it was severe enough that uh, the crew had to take an extra stove and pot to mm. cook the individual's meals in. They, they yeah. couldn't even share that. I, I've seen some discussion in the group about uh, people with allergies severe enough that, that that was the recommendation when they called and, and spoke to whoever they spoke to at Philmont. They were told, uh, yeah, if it's that bad, then plan on cooking separately. And I would say, again, tie it back to what we're talking about this month. Um, if that's what you're going to do on the trail, do that in your shakedowns as well. Uh, so then they can sort through, you know, what stove they're using, what process are they using? Does the... Uh, is the the assigned cook on the duty roster? That's something I want to talk about as well. Is when you ask your crew leaders to start using a duty roster. Is it on the first shakedown? Is it on the last shakedown? Somewhere in between. Let, let's get to that next. But you know, uh, if someone's allergies are severe enough that they have to do their own food prep, then what does that do to the duty roster? It's easier to sort these things out ahead of time than you know at 6 30 in the evening when everyone's tired because you made a wrong turn and let them keep hiking the wrong way for a while and you're late getting into camp and now you're trying to figure all this stuff out sort it out on the shakedown so <clears throat> so it's less stress when you get there another tie-in for the shakedown as well um so if you have someone who has a fairly severe allergy they should have an epi pen and that the shakedown is the time to teach the rest of the crew how that epi pen works yeah. it shouldn't be when you get here to Philmont. Um, and remember that the, that participant who has that allergy should have that EpiPen on them in base camp so that it can get checked by the medical recheck staff in its original packaging. Uh, any fast acting medication, inhalers, EpiPens, things like that, make sure you've got it all in original packaging so you can show that to the infirmary. And everybody on the crew needs to know where that EpiPen is. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I would say that, that that's something you can do on shakedowns as well. Something I like to do, for example, is in one of the the mesh pouch on the back of my pack where it's kind of see-through, the thing that's up against the back here and visible is a Ziploc that has um, some medical cheat sheet stuff, some wilderness first aid cheat sheet. And I have pre-filled one, the, the soap form for me, like the stuff that isn't going to change. I'm not predicting how I'm going to be injured because I'm pretty creative. Who knows how I'm going to hurt myself? Uh, I leave those blank, but I fill in the things I already know. 
pre-fill it so it's less to worry about in a high-stress situation. I'm telling them on that first shakedown, here's where I'm putting this. If I have an EpiPen, here's where I put it, you know, uh, along with the other emergency stuff. Like, this is where the toilet paper will be, you know? So I, I want all of that stuff to be sorted ahead of time so we know how to hike well together. We all know the major high adventure bases around the country, and they offer some awesome programs. Have you been searching for a cool alternative from your typical high adventure trip? As a scout leader, I want to give our scouts some great alternatives. You need to check out highadventurescouting.com. You'll find information on over 30 different council high adventure bases in 24 states. Maybe you're looking for a do-it-yourself option and need some ideas. Maybe you've taken a great trip and you want to share your good fortune with your fellow scouts and scouters. Just send us the details and we'll publish your trip. Whatever your interest, highadventurescouting.com is the one-stop shop for all things high adventure. That's highadventurescouting.com. All right, something I, a couple things I wanted to be sure we, we don't miss. Um, one of the great functions of the Shakedown Hikes is testing specific gear to be sure that it's going to work, especially if you're like me and you're always pushing for light and less. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get out there and realize you went too light and took too little. You know, as much as I always push for don't take it if you can get away with not taking it, don't carry it if you don't have to, um, you can get in trouble doing that. So one of the major functions of the shakedown hikes is figuring out what gear just isn't going to cut it so that you can be sure you have the appropriate stuff to take with you. Mm -hmm. And try to get gear that does double duty. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. you know, one of the challenges this time of the year is you may have to take gear on your shakedown hikes just for warmth mm -hmm. and survival yeah. that you wouldn't <laughs> necessarily be taking with you on Philmont. So you, you have to make some adjustments every, every time you go. Yeah. And, and speaking of gear, cause that's kind of, that, that's my sweet spot. That's where I'm comfortable is talking about gear. Something we did in 17, we didn't do this last year cause it was a different crew, but we actually came into the scout hut and we set tables out. Each person got their own table and we went through kind of like the shakedown that the ranger does where they will say, okay, now show me your rain gear. And we did that. And we said, don't put anything back in your pack, take it out, set it out on the table. Everyone showed it. But then we talked about if anyone had, everyone looked around and this is as a crew, we were checking each other. Like maybe on rain gear, someone looked over and said, oh, that's a nice little plastic poncho you have there. That's not what you're taking, is it? Um, and then we can make suggestions to each other or, wow, you know, it's awesome that we have such, you know, um, fans of cutlery in this crew, but everyone doesn't need three pocket knives, you know, uh, as a crew, you can have some discussions about, you know, duplicate items and maybe items that aren't appropriate to take in the back country mm -hmm. to begin with. And you're, I'd rather you're shaming them, uh, Jeff, you're shaming, <laughs> you know, it sounds bad when you say it that way, but we can also, show examples, you know, highlight the people who are doing things well Yes, and say, you know what? Sal would be proud of that chair. Um, <laughs> oh, that was gear Man, shaming, that wasn't it? That was yes. gear shaming. 
Yeah, I, I, I do like your chair note is about essential gear. Chair is essential gear. So. Chair is essential gear. I do like your note about duplicated items. I think that that is probably the biggest place for weight savings when I see crews here. Everyone's got their own first aid kit. Everyone's got their own multi-tool. Everyone's got their own giant tube of toothpaste, whatever it may be. I think that's the place where a lot of crews can uh, can lighten the load a little bit mm -hmm. is by having gear shared amongst the whole crew. And it's outlined that way in the guidebook to adventure. I do want yeah. to bring up a point on the shakedown heights to make sure you practice your cadence of the day. And I say that from the perspective that a lot of crews go to Philmont for the program. Yes, there's some people that want to hike, 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 hike all day long for 100 miles. I would say most crews are there for the program. If you want to get, hit the program, if you want to hit all the programs you can, really need to get up early in the morning and get ready to hit the trail right at sunrise, uh, eat breakfast on the trail. So you're that much further along and, and practice that cadence on your shakedowns, wow. set those expectations uh, for the crew. And that's a hard, that's a hard controversial uh, subject to broach with some scouts on a three day weekend or a, a hike weekend when they want to sleep in. Um, till nine or 10 o'clock before they get hiking. Yeah, I, I would, uh, talking about getting on the, you know, getting on the trail and I, I guess I've, I've never had anybody in my crews, even the ones we didn't get to go that, you know, I, I kept pushing on them. Um, you know, we need to get really good at taking tents down and taking our stuff down and, Hey, we're not going to eat breakfast until everything's packed or we're going to get on the trail and eat and those kind of things. So I guess I've never had any problem with, <laughs> with that, but I just set that expectation. This is, this is why, and we need to get, you know, the, the why we're going to Philmont instead of going to Colorado and backpacking in the mountains is there's all these activities. Yep. That's what we're yep. paying for. Yeah. The, the, I always tell my crew that we're up at five and that's not negotiable. <laughs> Simple as that. That's part of the deal. You're up at five, you're gone by six. So what I wanted to show here, part of the shakedown process is, um, you know, the, the scouts are leading and the crew leader uh, should be doing the duty roster. But, you know, part of our job is to help them understand what tools are available and expectations for, for ways to manage things in the backcountry. And one of those, I think, is introducing them to the... Um, to the duty roster. And so at what point do you guys do that? Is that first shakedown, you you know, do a duty roster for the first one, or do you focus on other things and incorporate that later? Uh, we usually do it from the, from the get go. Good. Mm -hmm. Yep. I would say, uh, you know, uh, you know, start practicing it, start using it, you know, particularly on your overnight shakedown. Yeah. Maybe not on a just a day hike that you're going to go out at eight o'clock in the morning right. and come back at five, you know. But yeah, we, usually, we, usually, we usually, I usually get the crew leader to start using that as soon as we can and make sure he understands it. Uh, most of your crew leaders, a lot of times, are not always are the older boys been around the block enough times they know they might have been the SBL somewhere along the way, so they understand what it is. So I guess it's a case by case study. Some boys need a little more help than others. 
But this year's crew leader has already talked to her about it. He goes, oh, I got it. I already started filling it out for this year. He's already filling it out without me. So I'm, I think I'm okay. So um, that duty roster is the example that you'll find on the uh, Philmont website under the shakedown guide. They also have documents, the shakedown guide, part one, part two, duty roster and cooking methods are all available for you. Um, it, it was surprising to me talking to some of the uh, crews in base camp before, after, even some out in the field who admitted, oh yeah, we never read any of that stuff. And uh, there's so much great information in it. And I, I don't agree with everything that's in it uh, um, sometimes, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I don't want to read it and at least be familiar with you know all the stuff. So especially if you're an adult taking a crew out there, if you haven't read through like the council and unit planning guide ahead of time, if you haven't uh, familiarized the crew with the duty roster, if you haven't, you know, looked through the different guidance on the cooking methods and um, gone through the shakedown guides, then, you know, maybe you're doing a little bit of a disservice um, or, it, we could we could spin that differently. You have an opportunity to step up and do things a little bit better to help prepare your crew a little bit better. And the earlier you learn this, the more you're going to learn on your shakedown hikes as you kind of match up the things you're doing on those hikes with the things you've read in all the prep materials from Philmont. And it also gives you a chance to ask questions in our group on Facebook earlier so we have time to to get different answers for you tons and tons of great information out there and uh, you know we talked earlier about the idea of prepping ahead of time versus learning things when you get there there's so many things to do in the backcountry i personally prefer to not really be distracted by learning stuff that i could have learned at home and, and I think that way with the scouts as well, that, uh, you know, they're going to get more out of it if they already know how to navigate and, you know, they're not having to learn that on the trail. So then, um, you know, they have more time to enjoy the unique things that they can only enjoy there in the backcountry. Well, thank you for joining us today for part two of the March 2022 discussion of the Philmont Trek Talk group on Facebook on shakedowns and crew prep. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to tell your friends about this podcast. You can find us online at highadventurescouting.com, on Facebook or Instagram. If you have any questions or ideas for future podcasts, just email us at info at highadventurescouting.com. This podcast and website are independent and not affiliated with any youth organization. Happy High Adventure! This has been a production of High Adventure Resources 2018. All rights reserved.